Blog Talk Radio. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast. Coach Mike Jones. Real fast before we jump into it with our guest, if you're looking for some professional wrestling today, Naptown Pro Wrestling happening in Indianapolis, Indiana as we speak. And Spark is happening in Trenton, New Jersey today, featuring Billy Starks. So make sure you get out there, support your local independence if you have wrestling near you. Right now, we want to jump into things with our guest. We have been awaiting him very eagerly. Happy to have him on today. Dave Sullivan, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Great to have you on the show. It's great to be here with you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, since it is your first time here, I'm going to start you off with our traditional first-timer question. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Uh, Say it again. What led you to get into the business of professional wrestling? I was was coaching at Warspring University in Topeka, Kansas, and kind of I was watching as a kid growing up and uh, when I lived in Omaha. And uh, we used to watch Vern Gagne and all that, you know, all the AWA was the big thing and Patera and Gondor the Giant and all that stuff. And so I was working down there and I, and, well, I, and I met Harley and recruiting his son and then and and Bagaigo kind of talked me to come out and start training. So I did. And before he knew it, I was doing that and got into it with the PNW up there with Grappler and Don Owens and Rowdy. So that's kind of how it all got started. Being in Nebraska, that not only was a traditional hotbed for professional wrestling with the AWA, but it's a traditional hotbed for amateur wrestling, and that sport's always been very, very big in the Nebraska area. Were you much into the amateur side of things as well, being from a place that is a very big proponent of amateur wrestling? Yes, uh, I grew up. When I grew up, I was kids wrestling and all that, and I wrestled in high school for Westside here. Got third in the state, and then I uh, I went to UNO, and I did for the first year, year and a half, I did both football and wrestling. And then after that, I needed to put a little bit more size on so I could start on the offensive line. So then I got out of wrestling, and that's how I went football. But I grew up sports all the time, both, both football and wrestling. Alex, like so, Coach Mike was knows. It was a very big thing for Don Owen to make sure his wrestlers had an amateur background. When you came up to the Pacific Northwest, did Don Owen kind of delve into that 
with you, make sure you had the amateur base before he used you as a professional wrestler? Yes, he did. He, yeah, he, he checked all that out, him and his son, Barry. And, and uh, so they, they, they grappled, and then they agreed to bring me up there, yeah. So it, it had a lot to do with it, but Don loved amateur wrestling, and, and you know, of course, he was the big promoter of professional wrestling up there in Northwest for a long, long, long time, and that's where kind of Rowdy Piper got his start. So you know, it's kind of a it was the last of the territories, truthfully. Absolutely, uh, that and Memphis, I think, were the last two Oof. territories in the '90s to survive. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah, right on. Now, being up in the Portland area, you mentioned some of the names that were up here, but Portland had a lot of great talent even towards the end. You had people like Scott Norton and Scotty the Body and people like that that would become superstars in the 90s just getting their start in Portland, uh, much like yourself. What was it like you. being in a full-time territory that not only had a lot of guys that were big names a generation earlier, but a lot of guys that had so much talent early in their careers, like uh, yourself and some of the other guys? I was. It was a great territory to be in. It really was because, you know, you had Crush there, too. Uh, was also up there with us. Billy Jack was working some spots with us, too, and uh, – Rowdy would come in once a week and help all of us. So I mean, it was it was a really honor and a great time to learn and be with those young guys. Our bar was there too. Remember, he was Beetlejuice, and he kind of got a start before he, had, you know, you know, passed away over there in Mexico. But so we did have a lot of young talent and a lot of fun and traveling up and down the road together and and a great bunch of guys. I really enjoyed learning from them and being part of their team. Uh, when you got to WCW, you came in as the equalizer, which uh, you had used in Portland, but you transitioned maybe a year or so into that run to Dave Sullivan. Was that something that you wanted to do and talk to the office, or did the office approach you and want to make a change in presentation? Uh, the office approached me, Graham and Ganya, because they said uh, um, uh, Kevin was coming in, and uh, it was kind of Kevin's idea, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure, but uh, but Graham and Ganya approached me of it, and I was open to it because you know I had a lot of a lot of respect for Kevin. I knew I hadn't I've met him one time, but I didn't know him real well yet. But I thought a lot of his uh, things that he did in the WCW and then also Florida Championship Wrestling and was a big fan of his also. So it was kind of kind of a cool opportunity. I figured let's, you know, if this is something they really want to do, let's try give it a try. Uh, you had the feud with the Nasty Boys, which is what sparked you bringing your big brother Kevin in. Right. And then right. he showed up and I'm believe there was a fireball involved when he first showed up and the feud with the nasty boys took off from there. Yeah. The nasty boys were kind of similar to you where they were bigger guys that did a lot of brawling, but they actually really did have an amateur wrestling background and had done the amateur side of the sport. Was it easier for you to work with, 
guys like the Nasty Boys because you had similar backgrounds, or was it more difficult uh, wrestling with guys that were more brawlers like that? I enjoyed the brawler style better, but I could do wrestling too. Also, if, we, if I worked with somebody like that, so I mean, but I enjoyed the work with them, uh, Sags and Knobs. They were a lot of fun, and we, you know, I mean, we had some good bouts, and uh, we wrestled all over Germany together. And so, I mean, you know, it's it was fun working with them. We had some good matches, and and Kevin and I kind of fit their style real well. So, I mean, it was yeah, yeah, it was good. They're they're good people to work with too. Now, at WCW, you had the chance to work with a lot of really well-known people. Uh, you were in a program with Hulk Hogan, which there was no bigger name in professional wrestling at that time. You Correct. were in an angle with Ric Flair. You were involved with the match that Mr. T was factored into at Starcade. So you got to work with a lot of really well-known people and relatively early in your career, what was it like for you when you got the chances to work with these people that were sort of on the top of the, not even necessarily wrestling ladder, but sort of on a celebrity ladder? You know, you, you said, when I was in, you know, and I was wrestling, when I was just getting started, you'd see all those guys, and you know, you always you can't help be respected with as far as a, a worker as Rick Flair. I mean, he can work with the broom. So I mean him and a lot of the guys in that in the WCW that time were that way. So it was a great opportunity with, for me to, to be part of that. And then, you know, Hogan was the big name cause he, you know, he was Hulk Hogan and it was a big thing that was over during that time. And before that time. So you, you know, and he'd been in some uh, movies and TV and stuff. So he was a big star you know, he walked into, you know, a place and everybody knew who he was. And so that was kind of, you know, it, it was cool. Yeah, I, it was really neat because you just, you got to watch those guys before. Then all of a sudden you're there working with them and doing angles and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. And I respect it. I felt very blessed and, and, uh, and I had a great opportunity to work with some great people and, and, uh, and most of my career. And, and uh, you know, when I lived, when I was in Puerto Rico, I was living with Dick Murdoch. I mean, no bigger character than him. I mean, the stories of him when him and Dusty used to live in Omaha are where he used to tell me those stories. So, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was a great time when I always had a good time with him and, and enjoyed the experience. I mean, I can't, I have no complaints. Now, you also wrestled in a few other places uh, besides Portland and WCW. I know you went to Europe and you wrestled there, which oftentimes that's a very, very different style of professional wrestling, usually a different presentation for what mm -hmm. they do over there. Did you enjoy going to Europe to wrestle? Yeah, I, I loved going over there for Ottawa, and I also worked in England and with, with promoters there and and so I worked all over Europe. And yes, Ottawa once was a you know he's from Graz, so he he grew up around Arnold. So he used to tell Arnold stories because Arnold would come to Graz all the way from Thai where he's from, and they were about the same, pretty close to the same age. So they knew each other pretty well. And you know, and, and then he, you know he Otto came over to the AWA and worked with uh, Vern there for a long time, and was a big name before he went back and started his promotions there in in Germany and Austria and all over Europe. It's called Catch. And it is, it's really, you, you go into a town and you're there for about a month 
and you're doing a tournament. And so it's a tournament style for the points and everything like that. You get DQ'd, you get you get a couple points or whatever. I mean, it's it's a whole system, and they, you go through a bracket for for a champion winner and everything like that. And they usually finished out in the in the big towns like Vienna and stuff like that. Oh, um, Otto would come out and wrestle the last night against usually um, uh, Bader, and so that was a big big night because it a lot of hoopla and everything like this old van would come in because you know he at that time van bader was over in japan a lot too with his name and his stuff so he'd take breaks and come to germany and work 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 with otto and you know otto would come out and people would go nuts because he's still he was a big fan favorite over there so it, it was fun because it's different it was more wrestling not as much brawling but you still they wanted my style because they called the, they called me the barbarian over there and it was off the equalizer gimmick so i was the brawler and so I would come out and brawl. And it would get, you know, those guys would wrestle and stuff. But it, it was it was fun. It was great. And it was kind of cool because you got to stay in the whole much. So you got to meet a lot of different kind of people and see how other people live in other parts of the world. And it was so it was a great. Besides the great wrestling, it was great education too. You learned a lot about European history and all that stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you also had a stint in the Global Wrestling Federation, which was a smaller promotion at the time, but it was on ESPN five days a week and ran from the world-famous Sportatorium. What was it like getting into Global? It was cool. It was, that was, you know, that, you know, the big, when you're in the WCW, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's like the WWE and everything like that. It's, it's, it's go, 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 travel, 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 you know, and, you get to know the guys. A lot of the guys that you're friends with, you're friends in the lower organizations, you know, like the Global, the PNW, or you met them over in Europe or Japan when you're traveling over there, wrestling over there, or Puerto Rico. And so those are the guys you kind of hung with when you're big time because you kind of hung with them when you work in the small promotions. Because the small promotions, it's a closer-knit group, and it's a lot of fun. Everybody gets to know each other really well. You know, and uh, so it, it, I enjoyed them all. Akbar was our bar was our uh, was our booker there, so we did a lot of things there with JBL. And uh, gosh, dang it, name! <laughs> See, I mean, we're good friends on Facebook now. But Rodney Price, yeah, Rod Price, because he played football like I did in pros. So it was we had a good time, and we had we did work. At, we worked a lot together, and you know, you, you just enjoy that competitiveness but you also enjoy the friendships you build on these on the road with those guys in your career you had the chance to work in a lot of different venues being in wcw you worked some of the bigger wrestling venues in portland the portland sports arena was extremely legendary and even though it was a smaller venue compared to a lot there was a lot of history made there the sport oh, yeah. in Dallas, also small, but packed with history. Mm-hmm. What would you say, if you had to narrow it down to a few, were some of your very favorite venues where you got to wrestle? Oh, it, it would be, it would, uh, I always enjoyed when we'd go there for auto and we'd work Graz or uh, Vienna. It was just the, the fan. The, the, it's different. It's more of a carnal web here, but they're all drinking and partying. And it was just, it was, it was a, sh- it was a fun show. And, and the arenas were fun too. 
there because they were they, they were using some nice well Vienna was outside in the big arena but um, right in the downtown area which you know the history there and everything's really cool and then Graz is in, a, in their sport arena there too and it was kind of it, it, it those so we always had really good crowds every night there because of the tournament action but I did love working the Pacific Northwest up there we had a blast working some big angles with Grappler and, and Crush and against against the uh, Rockers the Dodgers now uh, what's his name? Doll, uh, Steve, Steve Doll, yep, and uh, Rex King, and they became very good friends. Because I was over in Puerto Rico, Rex and I hung out a lot together with uh, with uh, with uh, Dick Murdoch and those guys. So, you know, and Dick, you know, the stories of him are infamous. He's challenged Andre to that drinking contest. Couldn't even get half of what Andre drank in beers that day. So, and he told me that story. It was his idea of the contest. Like, why would you, why would you challenge Andre to a drinking contest? Because I wasn't in my right mind. Because <laughs> I think that's when he broke the world record for like 115 beers or whatever the record is. And I think Dick said he had about 46, 47. He finished third behind Patera. But anyway, they they still did a show that night at seven o'clock in San Francisco. So you know that part, hearing those stories and doing your own stories, so kind of it was kind of fun. But uh, no, I I I enjoyed the arenas and working with people. And the smaller, uh, those were fun times. I mean, those type of shows where they're on ESPN, those still were great times in PNW. I mean, I had a blast doing that TV there. Did I get off kilter a little bit? While you were in WCW, <laughs> yeah. Every summer, they would let Rip Rogers book a tour of Indiana, and he would run the larger high school gyms and community centers and so forth, which was a very different business structure than WCW normally had. But I know you were on some of the Indiana tours. What was Mm -hmm. it like working for one of the largest wrestling companies, and you were hitting some of the small towns and – going to high school gyms and so forth, sort of like what you started out with Don Owen. Yeah, it, it brought back memories. It was fun. Rip's a great guy. No, I got to know Rip real well. and So Rip was a fun guy to be with and, and, and do that. And it brought back memories. And those were – I like working high school. Reading. I mean, I still do some stuff here. I don't wrestle, but I do manage it here in the MWA with, some, with the heel stuff. And, and I enjoy that stuff working a small the high school arenas and everything like that. So, I mean, those, those, that was a great time because I, I always enjoyed doing that with Rip because that brought back memories. And we, it was, a, it was a close, that was like being back in those close knit groups. We're not flying out everywhere. You're driving to the next town and doing stuff like that, which that's how you, that's how you have fun. So when you got to fly out the next day and get out of there, it's, it's so business oriented that you don't, you don't get to have as good a time as you do with the guys in the smaller where you're traveling and going from town to town. We have a game we like to play on the show. We call it Word Association. We'll all throw out the names of some people that you most likely have come into contact with in your career. And the first word or two that springs to mind is the answer. Are you willing to do some Word Association? Always. No problem. All right. First name, Don Owen. uh, Wonderful man. Enjoyed. Loved working for him. Booker T. Fun. We had, yeah, a good time. We came in the W, we were down there in Global, then we came to WCW. Great. Love, love Booker, Booker T. Sherry Martell. Best gal in professional wrestling that I knew. 
Tony Schiavone. Uh, Tony Schiavone. Uh, he's an announcer. He he's average. Okay, that's the best word I can put for Tony. Brian Knobs. Brian Knobs. Uh, a brother of another mother. <laughs> I think There's a lot of like we're a lot alike. I like Brian Knobs. Sandy Barr. Sandy Barr, great teacher and and uh, and a great referee in the ring, giving you giving you good cues. Scott Norton. Say that again. Scott Norton. Scott Norton, a friend and a great matches with him. Yeah, great fight. Big on big. We enjoyed that. Sonny Ono. Didn't know him very well. I didn't. I mean, he was kind of in and out. I couldn't put a thing other than I just said hello to him. Charlie Norris. Charlie Norris. <sighs> Good guy. Good guy. Come across. The- Bob Cook. I'm trying to remember Bob Cook. I'm trying to remember him. He was uh, WCW enhancement talent that was known for the punch. Didn't know him very well. All right. Last name on my list, Eric Bischoff. Uh, I think he's a good guy. I mean, I think he was put in a tough situation there in the WCW, but deep down, I think Eric's a good man. Now, did you work directly under Eric Bischoff quite a bit, or you more uh, with the road agents as far as your feelings day-to-day? When I first came in, uh, Watts was the – Watson and Dusty were running the company. So I had worked with them most of the time. Eric was kind of on the outside, really wasn't doing announcing, but really wasn't the uh, boss. And then later on, he became the boss. And I worked a little bit with Eric, but mostly with the road agents, mostly with my Graham and, and, my, and my, my brother, Kevin, and, and uh, 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 Greg Gagne. Well, we do have a listener question that got emailed in. And Stompin' Steve out of the state of Indiana is wondering how you felt about how Hulk Hogan was to work with. He aloof. A good guy, but he's aloof. And at that time, you kind of understand that because he was such a big name and, and uh, you know, he was Hulk Hogan. So, I mean, he was aloof to a lot of the guys. Well, at this point, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by, and I know Coach has questions to ask as well, so I will pass things right over to him. You bet. Thank you, sir. Hey, Hey, brother. Man, I'm a big fan, especially of your Northwest stuff and WCW days. And, man, I've been blessed to have Kevin Sullivan in my real school army for over 10 years to help mentor me and our group. Nobody better. Nobody, Nobody better than Kevin. So, yes, I have a two-part question or situation there here where how was it like to work with Kevin Sullivan and give us the Kevin Sullivan story? Oh, God. Well, we – because he was – we didn't we, – okay. Kev, I'll tell you, Kevin Sullivan's one of the best, best minds in the business period. He comes up with stuff, and they didn't always use this stuff, but they should have because he's really – mentally in the game and understands talent 
and understands how to put together programs to get people over and people to watch TV and everything like that. Working working with him was was easy. A day off. I enjoyed working with Kevin as a tag team partner and against each other. We had a feud. So, you know, Kevin and I were, I mean, I think the world of him. Um, story, we were, we were in Germany and there, you don't have to wear clothes in the pool. And he was showing me how to swim underground. We're naked and, and we're swimming under this pool in a big fancy hotel in Germany. And uh, he was showing me how, because he's a big swimmer, and he was showing me how far you can go underwater without okay, drowning. Wow. <laughs> so he, he, that's where that's one of the things he taught me to do. We had a good time. I mean, we were out a few times having a few beers, and and uh, he he's just a, he's a fun guy. I mean, he, we have a lot of laughs together. Right on. Okay, okay. The, my next segment is called Heroes. Who okay. are some of your heroes? Heroes growing up in ordinary life. Uh, here, well, one, my first one was Johnny Unitas, because I grew, I was born in Baltimore, so I grew up a big Colt fan, and I always admired Johnny Unitas. Uh, my uncle and my dad both played in the NFL, so I kind of they they were my heroes too. But then probably as I got older, it was probably um, Harley Race, uh, Larry Zonka, um, oh the guy from here from Omaha, the Iron Claw. Burn, Von, Burn, Burn, because he graduated from Omaha North. Um, Von Roschke. Okay, was yeah. Always, was always one of my favorite growing up. One of my heroes because he he wrestled. He was a national champion in Nebraska and and also was a state champion in Omaha North. And then he, you know, of course, he Baron was infamous heel. Him and Nikolai both lived in Omaha, so they were two of my heroes growing up too. Volkov, and then um, I probably was I probably liked. Uh, Probably Andre the Giant was another hero of mine. Okay, nice. He what about but unbelievably nobody's ever been no probably never will be like him. What were some of your heroes in, in music? Music. I always I always liked Alice Cooper. And uh, uh and and when I was going up as a kid, Alice Cooper was probably it. Then them and Aerosmith. And you could hear hear Aerosmith today stuff with those two groups I loved a lot music right on yes I got an Alice Cooper story for you I was in the movie uh, sci-fi channel movie called Bigfoot starring Danny Bonaduce and Alice Cooper I remember that I got to be in that movie I got like five different parts and uh, it's quite the experience got a picture with Alice holding my company shirt Uh, man yeah, so uh, I call him Uncle Alice, and then of course I've seen him a bunch of times and roadied for him. I was a local roadie here. Got a picture okay. with his big old Frankenstein, you know. Right. Very cool. All right. Now uh, uh, you've worked a bunch of different characters. Tell the fans about your different characters. Well, I was the first. I was an equalizer, and that was, and it was a barbarian type. It put the boots on me and everything. I really enjoyed that character. And then I also was the Barbarian Overseas, which is the same character, just a different name. And then when I went down to Puerto Rico, I was uh, was the Barbarian also, too, down there with them. And then uh, England, I was American Hawkwind, which is similar to the Barbarian. And then when I was at uh, over in um, Japan, I was the Equalizer. So I did that over there in both places when I went over there to New Japan and 
uh, yeah, New Japan both times. And then I and then I was Captain Ron in, in uh, down in uh, Texas Global, down there with those guys. And then uh, David Sullivan, and then the Hulkamania. So I've been quite a few different characters in my career. <laughs> nice, and I would imagine I, I you, play made, a character. you made a pretty pretty good amount of money. I would imagine. It, I, I'm, I'm blessed. Yes, I'm very happy. And then uh, did uh, Eric Bischoff and WCW pay you well? Yeah, he did. I have no complaint. And then I would imagine that was your best pay was WCW? That and that Japan. Okay, right on. All right, and then let me see. Who are some of your favorite people to work? My favorite? I mean, I loved working with Grappler. He was a great teacher and Lindy Denton and everything like that. I enjoyed working with with Flair and staying both. Paul Paul Orndorff and Rick Rude were both great people to work with, and uh, I always enjoyed working against the, the, the they were called the Blondes, but it was Steve Austin, Steve Austin and uh, when it was when Paul and I were together, we got to work there for a lot of shows. Was uh, Steve Austin and he, the other guy passed in his sleep, Brian Pillman. The oh Blondes. yes, man, they and were I, amazing. Yes, they were amazing, and I Steve, I think the world up to. He's a great worker, which he proved out here in the end. But I, yeah, that the matches we had with those guys was great. Me and Orndorff against against the Hollywood Blondes were fun. Okay, and then that leads to my next question. It's called memorable matches. What are some of the most memorable matches you've seen? And that means it could have been in the '80s on a VHS tape or live or, yeah, that you've seen. Well, I tell you what, one of them was up there when, when I was in. Germany, it was. I don't know if you the guys know Fit, uh, yeah, Belfast Bruiser. It was him, and, and he, you know, he's half the size of Otto once, right? And big Otto's 400 pounds, and Dave's probably 220, dripping wet. And they had one of the best men because Dave is a really he's a very intelligent worker and he can work with anybody. I mean, he's one of those he started working because his dad was a professional wrestler in Ireland, and so he started out as a kid up there when he was 17. So and he's just a couple of years younger than me. So when we got together, he's just, he was amazing. That match was played out. And then of course, uh, Otto and, and, and Vader working together was always a great watch to watch. And then I loved the player, uh, Ricky Steamboat match. Yeah. That, that was one of the great ones. And then, um, uh, probably the other good one was, I'm trying to think here was, gosh, dang it. That was always good. And then, um, Great matches in one minute. There's one more I really liked. Oh, um, Tarly Race and uh, and uh, when I was growing up as a kid, him and Vern Gagne had a match, and I think they went Broadway. It was an unbelievable wrestling match. Wow. Okay. I mean, yes, those are great just, ones for fans you know, they, to look they, up. I mean, they went back and forth, back and forth for 60 minutes, and it was an amazing match. Okay. And then hey, uh, you mentioned being a coach. Uh, what's your self defense background? Uh, I've coached football. I've coached football in college and in high school, mostly in college. I coached at St. Cloud State, Washington University, and then Dana College. I was the head coach at Dana College, and then I was other places I was offensive coordinator. Okay, and then your self-defense background, just wrestling or what? Yeah, yeah just, just amateur wrestling. And then pro wrestling, of course, too, which yeah. is a variety, sort of. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yes. Okay, correct. nice. Nice. And then who are some of your toughest opponents you face? You sound like you face some of the toughest in the world. Well, of course, with Hulk Hogan, too. Yeah. Uh, probably uh, you got to rate Haku as one of the toughest opponents, as far as if you want tough toughness. Haku was tough. Um, uh, Brian uh, Crush, Brian Adams was tough as nails. And... Uh, um, yeah, those two, those him and Haku are probably two of the toughest. I, as far as tough guys, I consider tough people um, that I've worked with. And then of course Knobs and Sabs. When Kevin, okay, and did, or Kevin too, did, and Kevin's tough as nails too. We worked together. Was you, was you blessed enough to wrestle Brian Adams in the Northwest and WCW? No, just W, just in the Northwest. Okay, yeah, because those are great matches. Yes, yes. Okay, cool. All right, nice. All right, and then uh, let's see here. Let's. This next one's called favorites. I'm sure Sign Guy would love to know, and the fans would love to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. Probably uh, just uh, what do you want to call it? Because uh, I don't drink coffee much anymore. Uh, but when I did drink it, I probably would go with um, uh, probably. Uh, uh, what is it called? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Uh, I used to order the one with the mocha. Yeah, chocolate mocha. Okay. And then, what's the 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 favorite concerts that you've seen? Uh, Aerosmith. Uh, I've seen uh, uh, Garth Brooks, which was a good concert. A little bit different than Aerosmith, but still was good. He, he puts on a good show. Uh, I just saw one. I saw Foreigner just the other day, and it was really good. So I mean, and I and I always liked going to see Metallica. We got to see Metallica over in Europe when we were wrestling in Germany, and that was cool as hell. And then you have got to see Alice Cooper, I would imagine. Alice Cooper too. Yeah, when I was a young kid, he came here. Yep, came to Lincoln Home. I can't remember. We went to Civic Auditorium and watched him. Yep. And then that—that's when he was still cutting off heads and stuff. Oh yeah, and then the other one, of course, the guys in all black. With the makeup, I saw them too. They were really good showmen. Um, what are they called? They wear the black. They're all in black. They got the big heels on the makeup. Oh, Kiss. Yes, I enjoyed their concert. They, they were really good. Yeah, they have quite the uh, stage show and production. Yes. Yes, they do. Okay, and then what's your favorite sports teams? Well, I played a little bit with the Steelers, so the Steelers are right there. And then my dad and my uncle both played with the Broncos back in the 60s, so I loved the Steelers and Broncos. And then because my early childhood, I grew up in Denver, I really liked the Denver Nuggets, which I hope they win Monday night. Because I remember watching them in the ABA when they used to play the, with, the, with the Pacers and all them teams in their red, white, and blue ball with Spencer Haywood. Okay, well, yes, yeah, Spencer Haywood uh, was played for Seattle and was our coach. Yes, yep. we're a huge fan of his over here, yes. Yeah. That's right. Okay, nice. And then uh, what are your suggestions for people wanting to get into the sport? Uh, start at the beginning, get with a good trainer that can teach you how to put up a ring, learn from the basics, you know, learn how to work learn, understand the game, the psychology of it and all this stuff. Cause there's, you know, you get trained and stuff and, and you go through all that hard work and hit the rings and everything and you get beat up and you puke and all that fun stuff. But there's a lot of psychology to the game and the good ones, they got it and they're good at it. And that's the, that's the key to really, I think going far, unless you get a, 
you're just a big star naturally and they just love you because some have it and some don't, but that psychology is still the key of the game is heal the baby face, how to get over, how to get the heat, all that good stuff. And, and to get people involved in the match. And that's still the key. The, the great ones, they all had that. They had great Definitely. psychology. Definitely. And then do you have any schools you'd like to suggest? Well, I don't know many around here. So, I mean, I mean, I think Brian Blade does a school in Illinois and around here a little bit. He's part of the MWA. And then I know the ones down in Florida that uh, the WCW run. But I think you got that's by invite, isn't it? What was that? The one down in WCW run. I mean, WWE runs down in Florida. In Orlando, that's by invite, though, isn't it? You just I, would, I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't know that. I mean, it, there isn't all the because back in the day when I started, there's still territories. So you you know you can go to Kansas City and see the Harley and Geigo, and I think there is a train. I can't think of his name, but I think there's a couple trainers at St. Joe, and Brian kind of does it here in Omaha, and uh, and uh, and. Uh, Illinois, uh, Bloom, Bloomfield or something like that in Illinois. And I mean, there's, uh, you got to find somebody, find somebody local in your area, try to find somebody that's willing to train you. Cause I think the one down in WWE is probably by invitation only. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then let me see, do you have any up and comers the fans should keep an eye on? <laughs> oh, Man, I can't. I I watched the I watched the, the WWE uh, the WWE's hall, um, what was the last big one they had? I watched it. Uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. And there's I thought that was you know because I watched a few of their WrestleManias and they weren't. I didn't think they were very well done, but this last one was very well done. I thought there was good heat. There was good stories, you know. And they and they and uh, the younger guys there would be ones I'd keep an eye on because those are ones that get get the push on major TV. You know what I'm saying? But I okay. can't think right off the top of my head. Okay, I don't, all right. I follow, I don't. I don't follow like you guys do right now. I okay. just oh, I do and help watch the shows and stuff and enjoy the guys working. But I thought the last WrestleMania was very well done. Very well done. Not just the sparks, but the matches were had good psychology to it and made sense. And, and there were some good stories being told, which I think that's sure. you're going to get them coming back. Yeah. You got the story. Hey, what do you got coming up? Myself? Uh, yeah. July, no, it's in August. I think we'll have one in Lincoln that'll have uh, where I got some guys that are, <laughs> they'll be going up for championships and stuff like that for the, because I'm a heel manager. So they got a little stable there. And so we, we, we have a, probably have a tag team thing going on there that day with the MWA. Okay. Have you seen Kevin Sullivan lately? No, I'm going to give him a call here. I, God, I've been meaning to, but I get busy working and doing stuff, and I'm sure he's busy too, and I just haven't had a chance to call him, but I'm going to. Because I yes, think the world... Can, I guess he lives confirm. In, Excuse me? I, I guess he lives in Washington now, you guys were telling me. Yes, uh, but he spends a lot of time working for cha- championship wrestling in Florida, and we can confirm he's a very busy. Yes. <laughs> so what does he do? What, what what kind of wrestling do they? Uh, is it is it kind of the is it uh, independent down there that he's working? It is, yeah. But they have some sponsors uh, trying to get it back to how it used to be. 
God, I hope he does. Now, does he still, does he still own any property down there? Did he sell it all and move to Washington? I'm sure Side might know better than me. Okay. He said he thought he still had a place down there that he stays when he goes down there for the championship wrestling. I think he has family down there. Probably there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I know he has and a, then... He has a lot of family in Boston, too. How, how do people get a hold of you? As far as, uh, well, they for do what bookings. you said. For bookings? Uh, they can use Messenger and get a hold of me on Facebook. At like what? You, huh? Uh, at what? What's your address on Facebook? Bill Sullivan. Okay. Right and on. Just, cool. That, that's how you guys got a hold of me, and then you, and then you, te- then he texted me, and I accepted it, and it's my on Messenger, and then we started talking about doing this interview. Okay. Nice. Yeah, man. I appreciate your time and for coming on. I'm sure Sign Guy has a few more questions, but I want to wish you all the luck in the world. Thanks again. And and the same to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Well, uh, Mr. Sullivan, we have one more question from Stompin' Steve. He sent in an email. He was wondering if you ever got to work with the late Ray Trailer. Was it was it, what was his uh, name as far as he that worked as Big Boss Man, the Boss, the Guardian uh-huh. Angel, Big Bubba. Oh, yeah, we did a whole thing with the – he was allergic to rabbits when I was Dave, and I carried the rabbit. Boss, boss that, I forget his name was Ray Trailer. He's great. And God, he was – He's. I, I felt bad when he passed because he was a good friend and a good guy. We traveled a lot together. I mean, we when we were we were traveling over to West Virginia on a, one of those shuttle planes out of Atlanta, and the wind hit us bad, and we, and we looked at each other, and we, we didn't know if we were going to land or not. We thought we thought that was our last flight. We were both got the plane, and we went and had a drink. We said, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Because we, we, we could have that very easily. We could hit a West Virginia mountain that day. It was that bad. And uh, er, and, uh, and uh, what the hell was his name? Um, was in the back with us. Uh, oh, God. Anyway, he's in the back, and he's on the for playing, praying, and me and Boss are going, man, we didn't think, we could tell we were in trouble because even the steward, the one stewardess that's on those flights, she was, she looked, she didn't look good either. But Ray, Ray Trailers, he's, he's, he's gold, man. He's a great guy. You brought up Ralph the Rabbit, and you had a pretty long uh, run with Ralph, especially during the feud with Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. How did, that work with Ralph was he traveling with you were you responsible for his day to day or did the office take care yeah. of Ralph and hand him off when it was time for the cameras to roll no no I took care of him took him home he flew with me the whole damn thing it was I it, was, it, it reminded me of a story Dick Murdoch told me when they were in the JWA him and Dusty working for Vern they lived here in Omaha and they had a they had a jackass they brought, they brought out for the show. Well, that jackass lived with them. It, it was that cold. It stayed in the extra room and shit all over the place. <laughs> so I was the same thing. That damn rabbit shit everywhere. <laughs> I can imagine that. Yeah. So yeah, I took care. We traveled everywhere with me, buddy. It was it was a pain in the butt. No. Oh, did you have to have special? Uh, commendations with the airlines in order to be able to travel with Ralph, or did you mainly just drive with him? Well, the, if we travel, the, the, 
the WCW had set something up, so I was covered when I took him. But yeah, I'd take him. Yeah, and he'd fly, with it, and then he'd ride in the car with me. <laughs> yep. now, during that same angle, one of the uh, things that happened was you and Kimberly were on a date, and you got the uh, telegram from the guy dressed as a rabbit, and that guy was a very young Glenn Gilberti, who I believe was making his first ever WCW television appearance way before he would become Disco Inferno. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Did you work a lot with a lot of the younger talents that were, for lack of a better term, trying out with WCW? And like Glenn Gilberti, they did something completely different from what they would be known for doing after they got established. He was kind of the only one. Yeah. Disco, Disco was a good guy. Yeah. He, yeah. Got to know him quite well. Yeah. He, but he was one, I think he was one him and the gambler were probably the two guys I helped a lot. And gambler just passed away here just this last week. Uh, in a global, uh, it was well known after Mick Foley's book, came out that there were a lot of big plans for that company initially. They thought they had an investor that was putting tens of millions of dollars into the company, which turned out to not be the case. Correct. There was still a lot of really good talent, even though they had to scale things down to more of a regional aspect, and a lot of the talent uh, was people that had homesteaded in and around Dallas rather than people they would bring into the company. But having ESPN five days a week brought a lot of eyes to that, and they lasted for probably a lot longer than you would have thought uh, under what conditions they ended up having shortly right. after they began. Do you think I, that I, the ESPN deal, when they or on TV like that, do you think it was a major help to most of the talent to have that, or do you think yes. that not having the investor really hamstrung things? I think not having the investor. I think because at that time we had a lot of talent. Like you said, you know, you named a lot of talent that we went to the, went to the WCW from that organization because that's where I was that I was either doing that or going to Puerto Rico at that time before Dusty called Dick and, and, and brought me in. Because I was down in the room with Dick when that happened, but I'd go back to Global too, and we'd work back and forth. And I, we all planned on, I was planning on moving to Dallas too, because I thought we were all going to go major. And then all of a sudden, the, the and I think Dick was going to come back there and help Akbar with it and everything. And then all of a sudden, the the guy pulled the stuff, and it just then we had to back off. Yeah, and I think that affected a lot of guys leaving and and get taken when they got the other opportunity, because they were getting a lot of TV on the ASPN. You're correct. So I think the investor heard it worse than anything. Yeah, I think if you had the investor and the sponsors, it'd have gone bigger, and it'd have been it'd have been, it'd have been a, it could have been a threat to the WCW and the WWF. And they you had brought up people. earlier Skandar Akbar, who a lot of the younger fans may not remember or not know as well, but he was instrumental in a lot of careers. He not only wrestled, but he most famously probably managed. 
He also booked. He also trained talent. And he stayed around Dallas rather than traveling very much. So a lot of people don't necessarily think of him when they're thinking of some of the all-time greats. But you spent time with him. How underrated do you think Skandar Akbar is in the wrestling industry? I, th- I think he's a lot like Kevin, very intelligent, very good teacher, great psychology towards the ring. And I just, yeah, I think he's very underrated. I think I think a lot of people that, like Kevin and a lot of people know him, know how what how talented he was. So, I mean, I and the people that were, Brad Price and all of us that were working for him at that time, know he was a you know, very intelligent, uh, intelligent booker and very smart man in the ring and a good manager, too. And it was good worker too. I did. I, he's very underrated. He's one of the, as far as booking, planning, psychology, working. He's one of the best. He's right, he's right up there. Very very good worker. Very smart man. This last week we also lost the Iron Sheik, who was an icon in the professional wrestling industry, former world champion. He wrestled for pretty much every major company at some point in time or another, was on the independent circuit for many, many, many years, was also extremely popular on the convention circuit and the uh, shoot interview circuit. He did a lot in all of those, so even the younger fans know who the Iron Sheik is. Uh, most people in the business have an Iron Sheik story or two. Do you have an Iron Sheik story you could share? Oh, it was in Puerto Rico, and he's working Akbar. Uh, not, not not Akbar, but uh, oh God, the, the, the big guy. Uh, Abdullah. Yeah, Abdullah. Yep. Yeah. So he's working Abdullah, and uh, we went out, Sheiky and I, and Abdullah those guys drink some beer. But he's just he's such a funny character and people just love him they call him cheeky baby or whatever but i mean he really bonded well with people and he he was funny he he was the laugh of the he always cracked jokes in the back of the locker room we had you know he he was he's a great worker i mean he was a great wrestler too he's a great amateur wrestler he's greco-roman champion and he's just he was a good-hearted guy honest straightforward he called it as he sees it but the best thing is just he had to work go work him and he goes, These aren't these these are just these are just fights outside the ring. We don't have too much of the ring belly, baby. He said he said, They don't do we don't much do much out in the ring, Q <laughs> we it's all outside. And it was but he but he was a but he but she could work with anybody. He he was a natural, easy worker, great guy. The world is gonna miss him. A good man. Absolutely. Uh, you brought up how you coached football and you played football and even here in Portland, they would bring up your football background a lot during the course of your matches. There were a lot of professional wrestlers in the generation where uh, you broke in that came out of professional football. Uh, You had guys like JBL and Ron Simmons and Lex Luger that all had professional football backgrounds. What is it do you think attracted so many professional football players to professional wrestling? Oh, I think it's because 
guys, we football players, we'd watch it all the time when we were hanging out together drinking beer. And we just got charted. We just enjoyed watching it. It was physical like football. It's probably more physical because you do it more days out of the year, but when you're watching it, you don't realize it because, you know, we, we just do one game a week, you know, in football. But yeah, but you just you just enjoy the, the competitiveness, the the limelight and all that stuff. Plus, you don't have to wear a helmet. You get to get actually get to see your face, so that kind of always turned us on a little bit. But, you know, Rod Price also was a professor. He played for the Raiders and Chargers, so he did it also too. So, I mean, there's there was a few, like you said, quite a few of us in there that did that. Erling Lad came from Wahoo McDaniels. Think of the old guys that did it. Wahoo McDaniels played with my uncle at the Broncos. So, I mean, yeah, and then he was a great professional wrestler for a long line. Learning, learning lads was from the Chargers. So, I mean, it, 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 I remember Dak and my dad played for the Colts. Um, Don Joyce used to do it, too. And he was uh, he was a starting defensive tackle for the Colts. He'd do it in the offseason. They made more doing professional wrestling than they did playing for the Colts back then. That's how much everything was different back then. But, so, I mean, I think it's always been a, kind of an attraction for, for football players just because of the – you know, you watch it, you, you kind of get excited about it, and you, you enjoy it as a fan, and all of a sudden, you kind of want to do it. Oh, someone else that had ties to both sports is Jesse Ventura, and yep. he was WCW's announcer when you were there in WCW for most of your run, at least. Mm-hmm. What was it like having... Jesse Ventura there as someone calling your matches. That's cool. I, you know, I remember, I remember watching when I was when I was playing football, and I'd watch old Jesse the Body wrestling AWA, and I thought he was, you know, he he, he liked Billy Superstar Greg. We just lost recently too, but Jesse was the same way. It was exciting, colorful, something different. And then he went into announcing, and I thought he was by far, him and Bobby Heenan were the two best heel announcers there was. And they were both in the WCW time at the same time. Then we had Gene Oakland, and he's probably the best babyface broadcaster. So you, you kind of had those three all kind of there at the same time, and I thought they were three of the best. But Jesse was great, how he did a match, how he, he uh, heel-wise, it was, him and Heenan and I take my out. So they just come up with stuff that you'd watch later and you'd laugh your butt off at because they were so good at it. They were very good. Well, we're down to the last few minutes of the show today, and I want to give you ample time. If there is anything that you would like to say to our listeners today, plug and promote absolutely anything you'd like, social medias, upcoming appearances, your favorite charity, anything you would like, floor is all yours. Uh, I, You know, I kind of stay kind of quiet but i just if you get a chance go watch your independent shows you see a lot of good young talent and a lot of that needs to grow i think uh it's not, wrestling is more than just a big big business like you see on tv at the wwe i think there's a lot of good shows a lot of good young talent both male and female out there go watch, go support your independent wrestling down there in florida nebraska illinois washington wherever you're at i i think Let's not lose what we used to have in wrestling where you started out and you learned in a territory and you grew to a bigger name. Uh, I think a lot of that gets missed now with all the grandeur and all the all the social media that's going on today. But take advantage of it and go see it and get involved with it and, and help it grow so uh, young people have a chance to start and learn how to wrestle the right way. 
Yes, for sure. Otherwise than that, I really appreciate being on your show today. I think it's an honor to meet both of you guys and talk about Thank all you. Things, talking about all different things other than wrestling. Too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. And I will let Kevin know you're going to call him at some point soon. Maybe we'll get the both of you on here have a family reunion sometime. It'd be nice to have a family. He's a brother of another mother. <laughs> I'd love to get on with Yeah. Please. All right. Well, thank you once again for being on the show today. We definitely appreciate you taking the time. Very appreciated. And best of luck to you as you continue on. They're doing a little bit of managing on the independence. That's great to hear you're still going out there from time to time. And we would love to have you back anytime. All right. You let me know. And if you, Kevin can come on with me, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. I will talk to him. All right. Be well, my friend. All right, fans, definitely. Thank you. you Thank you. Did not get the chance to see Dave Sullivan or Evad or Equalizer or even Captain Ron. Get on YouTube, search him out. He was fantastic. Always very, very entertaining. One of my favorites to watch. But as we wrap up today, like we have said, the Iron Sheik and also the Gambler did pass this week. So as we wrap up, we're going to do the traditional Tim Bell salute to them. Thank you. That's awesome.